0: Rodney Jane here, with May deals so good you'll be glad you came to Bob Jane Tear Arts. Buy three selected Bridgestone, Yokohama, Dunlop or Goodyear tyres and get one free tyre. Plus, up to $150 instant cashback on brands like Bridgestone, Michelin, Pirelli, Continental and more. That's not all, get a massive 20% off on selected Kumo tyres. We won't be beaten with our best tyre price guaranteed. Give us a call or shop online today, we'll look after you. up in wow. this has been coming for a long time these
1: two do not like each other
2: there are two parts of the story as always red flag this is a
3: suspended uh, race hey it is the parked up podcast we're powered by race fuels here my name is grant rowley i've got uh, two of my absolute all-time favorites to join me for a conversation coming up real soon it is of course with dick johnson and john Bau. these guys were my heroes as i was growing up and uh, sometimes I have to pinch myself a little bit to think that I could uh, just call them up and uh, join on um, uh, join our conversation and share it with uh, with you all on this podcast so DJ and JB coming up very soon and as part of parked up plus Mark Fogarty had a, uh, a, a cool long extended chat with Betty Clemenko uh, down at Simmons Plains of course the Erebus Motorsport team. Coca-Cola Racing just having a uh, an awesome time out there 1 2 in the championship Brody kistecki leading Will Brown Will Brown did uh, a bit of winning down at Simmons Plains and narrowed the gap to Brody at the front so um looking forward to uh seeing how Erebus can continue to rise and rise through the supercars ranks and I think it's uh well beyond uh, any doubt now that this team is the team to beat in supercars at the moment. Uh, so that'll come up at the end, but now let's talk to Dick Johnson. Now, when I started this uh, call, I just had Dick and then JB uh, joins in a little bit later, but I guess I start with, uh, you know, we talk about uh, Erebus being the, uh, the the current team at the front for many years in recent times, shell v power racing dick johnson racing GJR team penske whatever you want to do uh whatever we call them they were the team to beat and uh now they find themselves um yeah not quite where they want to be but uh as dick explains there's a there's a few factors in that when jb jumps on the phone oh yeah the uh, conversation takes many many turns so uh sit back and enjoy it's dick johnson and john bow on parked up Hey, it's great to have Dick Johnson back on the Parked Up podcast. DJ, how are you, mate? Oh, I'm pretty good, mate. Yourself? Excellent. No problem. Just uh, recovering from the uh, the chill of uh, Simmons Plains, which for a Melbourne type like myself, it's probably not too bad to acclimatise to, but for someone from those uh, the northern states, uh, I guess you've probably found it pretty, pretty chilly.
2: Well, it was... Uh... I was smart enough to take my race underwear down there, mate. And uh, <laughs> thank heavens for that, I can tell you. <laughs> but bull. I now know what it would be like to to be a lady. Because to go to the bathroom is a real, real mission, I can tell you. I'll <laughs> pass on that. I'm glad I've got the right agenda.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. So you had the full fireproofs on.
2: I sure did, mate, and I'll tell you what—I'm glad because it was—it uh, was freezing, wasn't
3: it? Wasn't it? It was a—it was pretty chilly down there. Pretty chilly. Um, let's, uh, mate. I want to talk to you about it. uh, it's, uh plenty of things. Um, always appreciate you having having you on the podcast. Um, let's talk some new stuff or some current stuff. Uh, as it is, we've seen four rounds of new Gen three at the moment. And probably not the uh, the results that you guys really want and and probably expect in this in this era. Um, what's the vibe like at Shelby Power Racing at the moment?
2: Well, it's far from ideal where we are at this current time because um, it's certainly not where we used to be. And and I believe that uh, after the final race there on the weekend, that uh, the boys. Took a swing at things because of where they were starting from. There was, you know, they, they had nothing to lose but have a damn good go. And we do have a test day um, prior to uh, to Darwin, so um, they tried a couple of things, and I think they've uh, found a bit of a direction, which is uh, very encouraging.
3: Yeah, good. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, the uh, was was the test day planned prior to, or or was this? Um fast-tracked to um, to you know help things move things along
2: no it was it was it's been planned for a while but um, bear in mind that we as a team to be fair uh, have not had a test day prior to this one coming up because every other time we've been out there it's always been trying to iron out some problem with a clutch or with, with uh, spring platforms, with other things, rather than go testing and trying uh, different setups, et cetera, et cetera. So this will be the very first time that we've actually had a test day uh, that we can say uh, will hopefully produce you know, what we're looking for.
3: Oh, very good. If there's any team that can do it, it's you guys, and it's uh, it it is a bit of a foreign sight seeing the uh, red, white, and yellow cars not right at the uh at, at the very front, but um, yeah, and uh, it it's been such a uh, rich, uh, rich period of success for the team. Uh, what the morale? I guess that's um, you know, if the morale is still there. Uh, within sporting organisations, when things are going well, you can bounce back pretty quick. Is the is the team still still feeling it?
2: Absolutely, the team is in uh, terrific shape. They're working extremely well together, and they feel the pain every bit as much as uh, as as I do, and certainly uh, as the, the the senior management do. and And it's uh, very disappointing, and they want to do nothing but fix the problem. Uh, But in saying that, uh, I think there's still a little ways to go to uh, achieve what Gen 3 was uh, meant to be and uh, one would hope that we can work through that uh, pretty swiftly to to get it back on track so we've got a level playing
3: field. Very good. Uh, the parody word hasn't been too far from people's lips over the last little bit. Now I've got uh, I've got a special guest coming in to join us, John Bow, our uh, good parked up friend. He's going to come in. Uh, I'll fire the the parody stuff at you before he jumps on because um, when when I was growing up and when you were uh, doing a lot of uh, winning in race cars, parody was a huge chat, so huge thing and i know jb was always one of the uh, ones who would uh who'd love uh, love to talk about it uh, particularly in that uh that mid 90s period where Australian Touring car racing came back and it did take a little while for um for the balance of performance between the two brands to to really uh uh find its feet um but do you think it's it's as clear as night and day that they're that there still needs to be some change uh, in Gen three.
2: Well, I suppose if you want to look at it from a uh, from a uh, a sporting perspective and sort of looking at it from a point of view of what the past has been and who's been where in the past, you would have to say uh, and have a look at podiums how many podiums um, have one brand had a, over another, et cetera, et cetera. And you can't say that uh, they're all nufties, the ones uh, in the in, with the blue oval there, because there's some extremely good teams there. And then you've got to have a look at um, the mix of people. I know there's some really good ones coming through, but uh, it's unusual to see uh, such a change so quickly. But uh, And... Has everyone sort of missed the boat? I don't know. We'll just wait and see. But um, from my point of view, I'd like to see something happen more so for the, the, the people that watch it and for the people that sit up on the hill at every race meeting, because as far as I'm concerned, they're, they're the most important to me and the sponsors are the most important ones. So we really need to uh, to make sure that we get this right. Yeah, very good.
3: Very good. And a uh, good number of fans at Simmons Plains as well, talking about uh, fans at Simmons Plains and uh, Tasmanians alike. I'm going to welcome John Bow into this podcast.
2: Ah, uh, yes. Right. Mate, look at this. Hey, here eh? we are. Yeah, traveling to some paid gig somewhere. That'd be right. No, no. <laughs> let's look at this hat.
3: Wow. Jeez, so you really have fallen off the bloody perch, mate, So, so uh, for, for all of our uh, audio listeners here, JB is driving somewhere and we'll ask where you're driving soon. But I think the most notable thing is that he's wearing a hat that um it has uh the words mobile one written on it, which uh, is something that uh that is a a current sponsor of JB's uh, Touring car masters program, but something that uh, many of uh, the Dick Johnson racing era fans would, um, would get a little sick in their, uh, sick in their stew. (laughs) Uh,
0: This is, I'm with uh, my friend Dirk from mobile one and we're going to, we've been doing some visits with, um, Mobile One customers,
3: <coughs>
0: excuse me, and um, and you didn't remind me, so I forgot all about your grant. Sorry,
3: <laughs> that's no, that's okay. Ah, uh, Dick, as a uh, as a lifelong uh, shell man, what 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 about the loyalty these days? What where's loyalty gone? Well, <laughs> I've,
2: always, I've always been extremely loyal, and uh, not only to just shell, but to many many of our sponsors, and certainly. Uh, to the Blue Open since uh, the early '70s, so yeah, things have. But you know, and, when, when you get the support you get from these people, you, it's I find it very difficult to change. Oh, I agree with you, mate. I mean, I've I've had most of
0: my supporters for a, quite a long time as well in the in the last say ten years of Touring Car Masters, but in this particular case, um, this, as you know lots of sponsor relations come about because of relationships and the I know the people, I didn't know the people back in the day when Peter Brock was a mobile man, but I know the people now and yeah, you know, I mean they're very supportive of me, so I don't think we need to worry about what oil we've got in our car at this moment in time. Let's <laughs> let's talk about supercars.
3: <laughs> uh no, no, no. I was uh, I was definitely uh definitely taking the uh taking the mick, but um uh yeah, the life life moves on, life rolls on. That no uh no no stress there at all. Many many fans, JB, are still upset that you drive a Holden Tirana in the uh, touring car masters as well. So people are pretty loyal. Uh, they're loyal to their brands which is um, yeah, no, which is great
0: to No say. question, no question. And and that's fine, but I mean in a uh, you know, in my supercar life, I was very loyal to Ford because I was loyal to the people that I drove for and they were Ford. I mean, I had opportunities to drive Hulks a few times, but I did not I chose not to take them. Uh, but in this case, Touring Car Masters is essentially historic racing so you know it was just a, a change and that's how i ended up in a hold and there's not many people are upset about it but a few are but you know who cares
3: so dick um, we, we've heard jb's talk about uh, race uh, you know having the opportunity to race for other teams or or race for a different brand and uh, and he never did it you know really loyal uh to to your team for, for many many years. I think he was with you for eleven years. Um and I guess at that point that was a uh a, a very long relationship and even in these modern times that's a that's a really long relationship. Did did he use the uh the threat of um being uh, poached by someone else to up his um up his no, season deal? Well
0: no not to my knowledge that's for sure. No but... no not. I tell you I'll just tell you a quick tell you quickly why I left uh, I thought Stevie had been doing some racing and I thought that he deserved a shot at the you know the main series and I thought and I was approached by another team that was uh, sponsored by Caterpillar and and I thought if I take that drive it'll, it'll open it up for Steve but it actually didn't for a little while did it Dick so
2: no, that was unfortunate, but I think, um, and from my perspective, I went far too long, probably about five years too long, but um, it's what uh, was required to. Yeah, um, no,
0: I know that. I, and, I, and I know the reason why, you know, it, it took Steve a bit longer to be able to, uh, you know, to, to get in the seat. And I'd already also, Grant, for you, I was offered quite a lot more money. Um, and I didn't want to ask Dick for more money because that's the kind of guy I am. Because <laughs> 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 I knew he wouldn't give it to me anyway. <laughs> so I did, I didn't try and leverage it at all. But it, I've said to Dick a hundred times. In hindsight, I sh- I should have stayed because you know uh, I I enjoyed it driving with Dick and his team and and. I didn't enjoy it as much with the, with the next lot. So, uh, yeah, hindsight's marvellous, but you can't change the past, can you?
2: Uh, you sure can <laughs> uh, And
0: as, uh, you know, as life's turned out, Steve uh, probably ended up at DJR when the cars weren't as competitive as they were in my time.
2: So I think it was unfortunate he should have ended a lot earlier because I think it lost uh, a lot of um very good years of when um, his ability uh, was probably at its, probably at, at its best yeah possibly so I mean he's, he's
0: a fantastic driver and I never ever ceased to uh, to sing <laughs> his praises and at the time I'm sure I, I I feel this in my heart always have done that he was a at the same period of time, he was a better driver than Craig Lowndes. But, you know, a lot of motor racing has been in the right place at the right time. And, um, you know, it's what life deals deals you, doesn't it? I mean, my time with DJO was was a fantastic part of my life, even though we had good and bad times. But I look back at it with real, real fondness, uh, as I did then, really. Um, and I'm sure you'll have... Uh, you're having a bit of a lull at the moment, but, uh, you know, without trying to get too political, it doesn't seem to me like the Ford is, is quite as competitive as as the Camaro, so I'm not sure why that is because I'm not that close to it. But that'd be fair to say, wouldn't
2: it? Oh, I think there's uh, there's issues that need to be dealt with and uh, and one would hope for the sake of the category that uh, they're dealt with and dealt with very quickly. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's it's very hard to do, isn't it? Because it's, it's so close and Tasmania makes it even look closer because there's only three corners on the track and there's about five tenths of a second be hold, between the whole field. But it just, you know, you can't... I've read in the, in the uh, media with interest about some of the the, the Camaro team saying that the four teams have got to do a better job. I mean, that's a pretty pretty weak cop-out, isn't it?
2: Well, they're not They're not all knuckleheads, really, are they? So, you, you just, you know, I think there's a, a lot of brains thrust in amongst the four teams, but well, all you've got to do is look at the results, how many, how many podiums um, Ford's had over the last, what, 20, what, 29 races or whatever it is.
0: Yeah, that's right, exactly. So, in the past, it would have been a, 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 a decent change by now, so but obviously, it seems to me that they they don't quite know how to get it right.
2: Well, I know all I know is that when, when the Mustang first came out, and that it didn't take them long to sort of start chopping us apart per race, I, no, so, that, yeah. That, that's
0: what I meant. I mean, I'm I genuinely am independent, I'm not attached to anybody, but I mean, you're. You're my friend, and uh, and I watch your team with interest. And um, it, the best per- performing forward, I suppose, is it, overall would be uh, Cam Waters, and he doesn't look like he's going to win anything, does he? No, so,
2: uh, well, look, I, I don't want anything special. All, all numbers do. I think all we need is a level playing field. Yeah, of course. But how do you level it? <laughs> <laughs> um, well... That, that's something that I don't
0: want to sort of comment on too
2: much, mate. Like, yeah, we'll
0: see what yeah. happens. Yeah, fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. I, I, you know, I, I feel for the people that are making the decision because it's difficult to do when there's only a few tents in it. But, you know, history has shown that they the intent is to make it level, so it needs to be leveled sooner rather than later. That's what I'm saying. Yes, yeah.
3: Yep. Yep. The, uh, there's a few things for the sport to work through, but I guess the encouraging thing is that they are working on, uh, that they, they seem to be doing little bits and pieces with some of those engine maps that we've seen change. Um, so I don't think anyone at supercars is resting, uh, resting still. Uh, and, uh, if there is a disparity, um, because I'm definitely no tech genius, so I can't tell you if there is or there isn't, but, if there is, then uh, those Camaro teams are uh, doing their uh, doing the right thing at the moment too, just collecting as many points as they can before things uh, might change or uh, or however it is. So, uh, yeah. there's been a couple of good stories with the rise of Erebus, and uh, you know, not just for one or two race meetings, for all four race meetings. Um... They're doing a the great right job, mate, and they deserve where they
0: are. They're, that's where yeah, absolutely, absolutely the. Um... On a positive note, the racing, I think, is terrific and the cars look terrific and it's it's very upbeat uh, other than uh, there's a domination in results by the Camaros. But as far as the racing goes and the, and the look of the cars, sound of the cars, they look, to me, to be more difficult to drive, which is good. Uh, yeah, so it's all good on that front. So... The end result is terrific.
3: Yeah, very good. Um, okay, cool. Look, we could talk about um, modern current stuff, but we get to see that all the time. I'd uh, I'd like to just wind the clock back a little bit. Um, two legends of the sport with me here on the Parked Up Podcast, and I really appreciate Dick and JB coming on. Um, DJ, you were you employed John Bowe for the '88 Australian Touring Car season. Um, to drive the the Sierras um, now so tell me why uh, why why JB why did JB get the call up from yourself to uh to come drive and be your number two
2: well I think I think the suggestion came from the other side to be quite honest you know um and and obviously Shell were involved in that at the time as well. Um, they needed to sort of change things a little bit. And, and uh, JB obviously sent the Christmas cards to the right people. So.
0: <laughs> oh, dear. I From my point of view, I reckon I probably brown-nosed him, you know, so that I get the drive. We'd done the um, – I got to know Dick and Jill with that little Nissan Pulsar series. And uh, Jill used to time all the cars, so she used to, uh, you know, tell me what my lap times were compared to all the others. And I got to know them. And I, Dick seems to think I sent him a Christmas card, which I might have done. I used to send a lot of Christmas cards in those days. <laughs> so whatever it was, anyway, it was a.
2: It was right, a... You can use one of these stamps now. You'll be right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true.
0: That's true. They're a bit dearer than they used to be. The stamps, something. Um, anyway, it was a very fruitful uh, thing. I had a, also had a race, with a bit of a battle throughout the year in '86. So that's a year earlier when I drove for the Volvo team, and Dick was in the green Mustang. So yeah, it's just one of those. You know, life takes you in a in a direction, and it was a one of my
3: better directions. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, it was fun. An unbelievable partnership that you guys uh, formed after that uh, season, um, you know, from, from when JBU you saddled up. Uh, DJ won two more titles uh, towards the end of the 80s there. Uh, a couple of Bathurst successes, including that uh, one of the greatest races we've seen, the 94 race. Um, yes. and, uh, yeah, look, and, uh, I've probably said this a million times to anyone who will listen, listen enough that, um, my bedroom was full of, um, uh, shell, uh, Sierras or, or Falcons or whatever it was. Um, and, uh, yeah, the, the one thing that I was always, that I always loved Ooh. was that, uh, the number 17, and number 18, you know, they were uh, just iconic, iconic numbers. If I see those two numbers, uh, stitched together on a, on a clock or on a credit card number or whatever, you know, it it makes me think about, it makes me think about those things. Dick, why number 17? Why? And that's been something that was, uh, well before JB as well. I don't know if I've ever ever, uh, heard the answer to this. Why did you have, have you been so close to that? number
2: seventeen? It goes back a long way, right? Back to, um, where I was actually racing, uh, Ones, to be quite honest. And uh and I was I used to prepare a guy's car by the name of Graham Littlemore who was had a mini, like it was a uh, series production mini. He worked for Goodie lower And and I was always wanting to sort of get my EH and uh, and race it, sort of thing. So uh what we decided to do is we'll run as a team and uh, we'll paint the cars the same and and in Queensland, you used to have to sort of uh, see to register your number, you know. So, and his number was 71. And so I tried to get either 70 or 72, but they weren't available. So I just said to him, I said, well, why don't we just turn around the other way and we'll just make it 17? And uh, that's where it's come from. And it's stuck ever since. Beautiful.
3: Perfect. Yeah. Perfect, and uh, I guess uh, you just don't know at that time that uh, how synonymous that uh, was going to become, and one of the you know most record for for the uh, for the industry for Australian motorsport fans. Uh, it must be pretty cool to know that that number, of, you know, lives lives and dies by not just yourself but your team as well.
2: Well, it certainly does, and I think, you know, that's that's why I'm a sort of loyal person. I don't like... I accept change, but uh, I don't like to change things like that. And and even to the point where it doesn't matter where you go, you'll you'll see that um, the number comes up everywhere, whether it be on a, a dining room table when you put it at a restaurant or something like that. It's just uh, one of those freakish things. And so many people send me... Uh, photographs are certainly sent, Julie, on the book face or whatever you call it, uh, <laughs> photos, photos of people that uh, say, oh, look, look at the table I'm at or look look, look at this number here, et cetera, et cetera. It's just amazing how things stick. And, uh, yeah, it's it's certainly iconic with the team and always will be.
3: Yeah, very good. And, uh, and and JB, for yourself, you uh, when you slotted into Dick Johnson Racing, in the late 80s there, you were at number 18, so obviously that was, I, I assume, Dick, that that was just <coughs> 18 comes after 17 and that's what right. our two-car team will run. Yeah. And
2: actually, there was one stage where Stephen ran that Fuddruckers car um, at Oran Park and he was number 19. So. 19, yeah, yeah, I remember that.
0: Yeah, so when uh, 18 became, like I wasn't ever worried about numbers or anything, but because I had... So, you know, it was a good time of my life. Uh, when I started in Touring Co Masters, I decided to use the number 18 again, so which is what I'm still using. So I've become a bit more superstitious as I've got older. Oh, yeah, like the red underpants, mate. <laughs> yeah, like the red underpants that I had for years. Uh,
3: yeah, At uh, least tell uh, me you washed those things.
2: No, I, oh, they fell apart in the end. But, um, uh, yeah, uh, I have mean, they had more old in it than a church, mate, I can tell you. <laughs> so, so we had
0: a, uh, yeah, so 18's become part, part of my life too. Unfortunately, the DJR don't have the 18 number anymore, which is a bit of a shame Do I think, anyway. Yeah, well, you know, it's part of
2: history, mate. We're back yeah. to, so we borrowed LPs. Yeah, yeah, no, I saw that. Yeah, that's good. Well, yes, well, Anton used to run it, that number overseas, so that's why we, yeah, uh, why he chose to have that number. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. So uh, at, at the end of the day, it's just a number, isn't it? But seventeen's synonymous with your team, so it's it's pretty pretty special, I reckon.
2: Well, it's even to the point where I got one of the original Q17 number plate, uh, Queensland number plate, which. I'm probably going to sell, I think. Yeah, you had that on your Sierra, your road car. Yep.
0: So when, when, uh, just so people know, when I used to go up to Queensland to test, um, Dick would pick me up in his Black Sierra at at the airport and we'd go out to Lakeside and he'd drop the money into the toll gate thing and we'd take off up the... What's that bridge called? (laughs) Up the Gateway, yeah. Up the Gateway Bridge and we... Would be like shot out of a cannon. It was in the days when you could do stuff like that.
2: Well, yeah, it um, was. because there, there was a sign there that said "Observe speed limit" when the lights were flashing, and the lights weren't flashing. So, <laughs> so it was so. It was a quick car. It was,
0: mate. And it was. Uh, I'm yeah. not going to numbers, but
2: it was.
0: Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was. I wasn't going to say what sort of speeds we were doing as we crested the hill, but it was quite fast yeah it was a good great car and that 217 number plate I didn't know you still had it but if you'd got it oh I still got it number plates Uh, do you ever watch Shannon's uh, auctions yeah yeah well you'd know what it was worth then because they're worth a lot of dough
3: yeah it certainly is
0: and
2: uh, yeah we'll see
3: (laughs) So you don't. So you're gonna you're gonna uh, pass it on to uh, to someone else, DJ. Because I I, I've seen yeah many photos of that black Sierra that you used to draw that you used to have, and the Q seventeen was a yeah just a uh, sort of part and parcel of it, but the. So the car's got the car's gone a long time ago, but the number plate you've you've retained and um... Well yeah, I wish I still had the car too,
0: to be quite honest, but a <laughs> few yeah, cars well, I would like to have.
2: I, I can honestly say this, mate, that um, one of my favorite sayings is uh, because you know we're not getting any younger, but um one of my favorite sayings is uh, where there's a will there's a relative, you know, and when you've got something. <laughs> When you've got something as valuable as this number plate, um, you get to a point where you say, uh, well, who's going to get it? So I'll say, why don't we just um, sell it and we'll invest the money and uh, then it'll be fair for everyone.
0: Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a very, good idea.
3: Very, very good. Very good. Yeah. Now, I just
0: want to tell you one other thing, you know, because I lived in Tassie for all the time I drove for DJR.
3: T, did you have the t18 number plate no i didn't i didn't have any number plates at all
0: i didn't even have a car i used to drive other people's <laughs> um uh, but i used to say to dick quite regularly you know are you sure you don't want me to come up to to brisbane and live and he, he always said no you're too close now <laughs> so, so devonport was too close for him but they, they we had a terrific relationship. We, we still have. And, uh, I used to talk to him every day.
3: Yeah. Every well, day. It was, uh, certainly, certainly a very, very successful, uh, partnership. And we could talk about all of those. Um, we could talk about all those good times. We could talk about all those trophies and the success. So many, you know, the Bathursts and the Sandown 500s and touring car titles. um, but maybe the, the, uh, listeners of this podcast would like to hear about some of the not so good times. Uh, and one that springs to my mind as a, as a lifelong DJR fan and and horrified with what I was seeing going on down the back straight of surface paradise. One time when two shell Falcons are smashing into each other, not, uh, not wasn't a massive accident, but, uh, a little bit of damage. What what happened on that day? I think it was 98, oh, well, non-championship you know, race. There'll
2: be two, be two very separate accounts of this, I'm pretty sure. Has. <laughs> One <laughs> at a time, thank as you. we have discussed in a fast, but, you know, uh, I believe that he brake tested me, to be quite honest. But, you know, Never, 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 <laughs>
0: never. No, I'll tell you what happened, Grant, this is true as I sit here, uh, uh, Longhurst spun on A&A Corner, and just as we arrived, uh, he flick-turned it and pulled it in front of us, so it slowed me up a bit. So when we go down the back straight, it put Dick right back on my bumper bar, and as we da- went down the back straight, the, the C-side straight, I, uh, as is my want, moved to the left, because I was on the dirty track, uh, I braked a tad earlier and we made contact. But I, I mean I wouldn't break test I I ha, I know how to break test people, but I I certainly <laughs> wouldn't break test the bloke who signed the check at the end of each month. I'm not that
2: stupid. <laughs> uh, anyway, hey mate, well, that's it all in the past and uh, yeah. yeah. But uh,
0: having having said all that mate, I we didn't even have like it could have been Construed that I break Tested him or whatever And the last thing you want Is two teammates Running into each other But we In all the time I was there And drove for Dick And, and it It was his team I never tried to You know White ant him Or Nicky any of his sponsors Or anything like that And we never had a crossword So we You know um, Yeah Dick used to Tell people that Our relationship Has he, his and I, teammates and friends, had lasted longer than any of my uh, marriages, which which is actually quite true, sadly. But um, anyway, <laughs> we always we always look forward, not backwards. Mm-hmm. You no, know,
1: you get to looking
0: backwards, mate. So it's all negative, you know. Absolutely, I quote you on that all the time. Don't worry, I, I've got a lot of Dick Johnson sayings that I use regularly. Don't worry. <laughs>
3: Uh, very, very good. Um, it was a, uh, and, uh, look, I brought up the, uh, the incident at surface paradise, uh, tear up, uh, not, not, uh, to, not to create any, uh, controversy, but I guess it was strange that you guys who were good friends and raced hard together, you know, against a pretty good, uh, pack of cars in that, that era, but very, very odd not ever did we see your cars uh, bash into each other. I think the only time I ever can recall two shell cars bumping was um, was Lakeside uh, uh, maybe the year before that where a very young Paul Wheel was uh, was having a moment with Dick yeah, Leading. And... Yeah, yeah. There we go.
2: That, that wasn't his fault. That was just the situation. That's right. Yeah. That became... yeah.
0: Yeah, it was just uh, on the uh, back of the surface paradise thing. Um, I don't think the cars had come to a halt, and Bob Linderman from Shell was on the phone to somebody, <laughs> Ross Stone or somebody, or
3: whoever was running the team. Then, anyway, these things happen. These, these things, things happen. these things happen. Uh, so, so then tell me then after um, after ninety eight, then when uh, when. JB, you left and you went and raced for uh, the the first instalment of that cat team that uh, eventually became uh, something else. Yeah, uh, you, you guys, you you stayed in touch, and uh, you know it was it wasn't a, a a bitter parting of the ways. It was uh, the, the, all the respect was still there.
0: Well, I don't think I, I Dick wasn't very happy with me, but you know, I mean. We got, we got over that, but we'd never had any disrespect. I just don't think he was very happy with me, and and I think he.
2: Well, you got that right at the time, but, but, but yeah, we, you
0: know, time And, and like, like I said, I mean, uh, it, it's easy to be wise in hindsight, but I I shouldn't have moved there. But I was like, a, sold a sold a dream, and I thought it had, had two ways repercussions in in the sense that Stevie would get in the, in the seat that I was vacating but it, it took a bit longer to do that yeah that was unfortunate yeah that was the unfortunate <laughs> bit um the also it's also the same when I I, I eventually drove with Brad Jones who is still a friend as well and uh, I left Brad Jones towards the end of my supercar driving life uh to make way for Andy Jones um I probably shouldn't have done that either but anyway what do you do you you make a judgement on on whatever you're doing at the time and um
2: you know you live well, with it so one of the other sayings, JB is uh, I'd rather do something and regret it than regret not doing it
0: yeah that's right yeah that's right i mean i you know as i've uh, aged i've looked back on my parts of my racing life most of my racing life has been been good, but the you know the the most happy times I had was was driving with DJR for sure. But I've also driven open wheelers, I've driven sports cars, I've I've had some good times in touring car masters. You know, we not every day's a, a shiny day, but generally I'm I feel quite blessed that I've had the the life I've
2: had. You know. Well, Grant, let me tell you one thing. Please. In those in those whole eleven years, not once. Not even once did JB drive anywhere. I was always the designated driver. Absolutely. I wish. I wish I could do the same now.
0: I hate driving. See, if you notice here, Dirk's driving. That's right. I, I don't like driving. I mean, I I like driving on a racetrack, but driving on the road is, you know, just a nightmare to me. And the fact that. Uh, I honestly reckon that Australian drivers, as a general rule, are the worst in the world. That makes it even worse.
3: Yep. Correct. So, did, uh, did, did you ever get to a point where you just asked John, hey, can I, I, you know, I'd just like to chill out for a little bit? Can you Can you drive? Or was it just unspoken? He yeah, it was,
2: it was, it was too busy frigging around with briefcase motors on the phone, you know, like, it was either buying or <laughs> selling somebody car or selling some piece of junk to somebody as, as a brand new car or something. I don't know. He was he was on the... Uh, you remember the, remember the time we... Uh, I
0: think we had an LTD that had loaned us, and we drove yeah. back from Winter. And you and I sat in the back, hmm. and, and we, we bought a few Crown Lagers and we had a few beers on the way back to the airport.
2: We did, mate, but uh, we had, had a couple of pit stops along the way. That was the day, wasn't <laughs>
3: it? Oh. Uh, oh dear! Very good, very good. Anyway, I've, no, good uh, time. I've, I've taken, uh, I've taken heaps of, um, heaps of your time, and uh, there is uh, a million more stories. I have no doubt that you guys have under your hats. Uh, some of which I'm sure, if I asked the right questions, I could get. Some of which. I'm sure if I asked the, the right questions, you would never tell. And uh, that is um, that is what great friendships are, are all about. So um, <laughs> the, uh, we, I certainly do appreciate both of you uh, coming along. DJ, um, are you heading up to the sunny uh, areas of Darwin in a couple of weeks' time?
2: Uh, no, I'm not. But I will be in Townsville. Darwin, mate, uh, I love the place. It's just terrific to go to, but I'm over sitting on aeroplanes. They just drive me nuts. You know what yeah. you should do, mate? Get your own. Get your own jet. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it must, uh, the Airbus boys. Betty had hers down there. By the look of it, so they came home on the jet. By the look of it, did what they? You, uh, yeah. Well, look at Jilly's book face. Yeah. There was. What yeah. sort of? Uh,
0: what sort of? What sort of jets she got? I, I, I. Love aviation and jets and things, and unfortunately, I can't have one. But it's a pretty serious-looking thing, mate. Right? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Because I, there's someone else that you know that I, has got one too. I'll tell you about it when uh, when we're not on uh, public <laughs> yeah. public scrutiny.
2: Yeah. Ten <laughs> yeah.
0: four.
3: Uh, very good.
0: Um, anyway, it's always good. that Always good to see you. I'll see you. Uh, are you going to? You're not coming down to Winton for the TCM, are you?
2: No, no, no. No. Have I gotten in trouble? Every time I go to Winton, I get in trouble. Everyone reminds me of the time that I said going around Winton is like running a marathon around your clothesline. But <laughs> I know I've said that today to someone. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> I've never been that welcome there ever since. You know. <laughs> That's a long time ago. I've had enough
0: cold for a while, so I'm fine. I'm going to uh, race this weekend in my friend Joe Collegiate's Group N Mustang, and that's around the short circuit. So just think of me, eh? Uh, Ameri- yeah, American. Well, that's, that's the clothesline. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <so. laughs> that Amer- big American car with drum brakes on the back. Yeah. Just
2: so is, I mean, that- the, the best part about it is when you've got drum brakes on the back, you can always adjust your brakes along the way. You just keep pulling the handbrake
0: up a little bit, you know? <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. I'll have to give that a go.
2: Oh, that's what I used to do
0: in the age. yeah. <laughs> dear idea. Oh, yeah, it's a good idea. I don't know whether it's got a handbrake in it, though.
3: Anyway, we'll, we'll get that. I'll yeah. get you posted. Very good. Very good. Very, all very good. All thank this. thank you, lads, so very much. Uh yeah, can't wait to see both of you at uh, at the racetrack real soon. But thanks again. No,
0: good always good to talk to you.
3: Thank you, DJ and JB, two absolute legends. A couple of cool tales there, uh, and please, no one tell any of the authorities about that uh, black Sierra with Q seventeen doing some uh, ridiculous speeds. Uh, over the Gateway Bridge. We'll just leave that between us and nobody else. So thank you very much. Uh, okay, here we go. Mark Fogarty from Parked Up Plus. Of course, that comes out every Monday afternoon. He spoke to Betty Klemenko about her team's amazing form at the moment. They are one two in the Repco Supercars Championship. It doesn't look like anything can stop them. Uh, and uh, Betty in her... And her team are celebrating 10 years in supercars And uh, yeah, it looks like the 10th year is going to be their best year But uh, I'll uh, let you listen in now to Fogues and Betty Clemenco
1: Betty Clemenco, welcome to Parked Up And welcome back to the supercars paddock
4: Thank you very much and it's wonderful to be here
1: So, so far you are enjoying being back?
4: I'm loving it. You know, you, you forget, you forget what it feels like to have the uh, fans walk around and be in the garage, frozen feet, frozen hands, but you know, it's all worth it. It's a great, great to be back.
1: Now this year is the 10th anniversary of Erebus Motorsport in supercars. It's been a long journey with success along the way, but I'm wondering, has it taken you longer, the team longer, to become well what it is now a genuine title contender and contender for race wins
4: you know we've gone through so many we've gone through a few evolutions and we've you know we finished up we started again and we went from the mercs to the to the holdens and um, with any with anything good it takes time it takes patience and when barry came along after them we were with mercedes and we started with holden for me, and not putting anything on the teams that we had before, but that's when I saw a turning point. When I actually put my faith in in Barry, like I had in, in Ryan Madison, and he he just he exploded with ideas. And we've we knew that we'd have to do it slowly. We'd have to do it in a way that wasn't just bang, bang, bang. And and it's worked out for us. And it's. Uh, it's taken a long, it's taken a while and a lot, for me, a lot of holding back and not trying to throw things at it because sometimes, you know, money just can't buy, it, buy you a, a win. It's the team and the drivers, obviously, that can buy, not that can get you a win.
1: Speaking of money, one way or the other, this has cost you a lot of money. I hesitate to think how much. Has it been worth it?
4: Oh, every cent. Because I, I, for myself personally, I went through a lot of lessons, a lot of, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of hair pulling and saying, why did I do it? You know, wh- why didn't I do it differently? But if you did it differently, you wouldn't be where you are now. So, I think I had to go through that to become a little bit more humble in the way that we raced.
1: So, all those must be millions. Anyways, that are. Yeah, because you were sort of, you know, rolling your eyes as if to say, well, yeah, you don't know the half of it. <laughs> so, and I obviously don't. Um, but but you do believe you've got value from it.
4: Oh, yeah. Look, I I've got... It's hard to it's hard to put into words, but uh, the, val- the value in the beginning was the fact that we couldn't bring in a car like everyone else. We were told we're not allowed to. We had to bring in a new manufacturer. So, yes, that cost a lot in uh, development and research and everything else and putting all that aside that was the main expense going into Holden's was 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 nothing compared to that but I learned a lot through the whole the whole uh, journey and um, it's 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 amazing to see that we're right back to practically where the Mercs were where we when we had to dumb them down so yeah look it's all worth it it's you can't cry over spilt milk or even not spilt milk, it's just, you know, it made us what it is today, so it was worth it.
1: Okay, so we haven't seen you at the track um, since the end of last season. Quite simply, why? <laughs> did, you, did you not want to come to the races? Were there some sort of disillusionment?
4: No, not at all. Um, it was two reasons. One was my health. I'm getting older. I'll be 64 this year. Um, and I'm getting to a stage where things have settled down. They're going well. You know, they. My job is away from the track, and I'm still doing that. And I'm still. We're still. I'm in touch with the team every day, nearly every day. You know, I talk to Barry nearly every day about the team, and I still make decisions, but they're made away from track. They're not. Once they get to track, it's my. It's out of my hands. For me, coming to track is a is a fun thing to watch it. But this year between starting our farm and my health, it's been better that I stay on the farm for a while. And uh, Tasmania just is, 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 it's close to my heart, Tasmania. And um, I decided this would be a good round to come to.
1: How excited are you with the team's form, having hit the ground running with Gen 3 so quickly and now being a genuine contender at every, every race?
4: I am extremely excited, but I'm excited because I saw how it was built. I saw the fact that Barry took it under, you know, he just didn't go, he didn't take the easy way. He took the hard way where we've built our own chassis and we've 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 done a lot of things ourselves and we did it the hard way and we did it the, the, the way that everyone didn't expect us to do. And it's paid off, it's paid off because we hit the, like you said, we hit the ground running and uh, it just seems to fit.
1: It must mean a lot. I don't want to, you know, dwell on it. But the fact that you're the only female team owner in the sport, you know, you've struck a diverse, uh, you've struck a blow for not only females but diversity in the broader sense.
4: Yeah, I don't think of it that way. You know. I was I was in it not many women would be in my position that they had the backing to do what I did and I know that but I've also if I look back when I came here there was maybe two or three women now there's women in every team doing all sorts of things and I, I, I you know I like to think that I opened the windows for them and they all creep you know they all came in through the windows and the doors because of what I did um, and which I was very, very, very over the moon and proud and humbled by the AM that I got for my role in motorsport. And, I, and for me, that was a pinnacle. That was bucket list and everything rolled into one. And it, it means a lot to me because it took 10 years for other team owners to actually say, she's not just a woman, she's another one of us. Yeah and that is the hardest thing to do is to let make them get them to that point of not seeing me as a woman seeing me just as a team owner
1: must have been frust- frustrating initially though you know not well not to be taken seriously
4: yeah um i won't say who but at one one of my the early um team owners meeting one of them said uh you'll get what you deserve just sh- sit down and be quiet and I was like, you know, red cloth to a bull. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll be quiet. I'll just keep it, I'll keep it under my hat for a while. And I, I did use it later on, but look, it's, it's sometimes it's nice to be underestimated, you know, cause then you just have the fun of watching their faces when you they go, she actually knows something. And um, I've loved being a team owner. It's. Um, It's, you know, there are moments when you want to cry. There are moments when you want to, you know, hug and kiss everybody. And being a woman, I'm allowed to do that. You know, (laughs) women can get emotional and, you know, you can just jump on someone and say, I'm so happy, I'm so happy. But no, being a woman team owner has been one of the most satisfying things in my life because I've done it my way and not the way of everyone else or my dad specifically.
1: And as someone who does know something, and knows many things in fact, what do you make of the state of supercars at the moment? Are you happy with the way the new owners are running it? Do you see growth coming?
4: Um, I must admit, if you'd asked me this question this time last year, I probably would have had a different answer. I was so scared that we were going to go down the GT line and try to be more than what we really are what we are at heart and uh but they didn't actually i was i was i was actually amazed that the cars are not so far down that gt world that you know that you can't distinguish them and i think supercars are doing as as well as they can the other team owners i don't really know them so i can't i haven't really spent any time with them so i can't really talk about what they've done but look you know, it seems that everyone is just a little paranoid about catching up with the Gen 3 thing and um, I think g- g- another year everything will settle and we'll go back to being you know the main Australian state motorsport group.
1: and do you from from race and from the management do you do you see some vision?
4: I, I honestly I think they're just doing it day one day at a time now. Their vision, I don't want them to go, I really don't want them to start thinking about going overseas and doing all that sort of things because it's we're not ready for that. We haven't even got ourselves around, our heads around the cars we have now. Let us get used to those cars before we start doing anything else. We need a bit of consistency in the sport. We don't, we, we don't need to change things anymore. We don't need to, we don't need new, stupid, wokey rules. We need consistency and we need the fans to understand we will be there next round. We'll be there the round after. And we we are still the sport they fell in love with 30 years ago.
1: Erebus Motorsport is full of color and characters. It starts with you, Barry Ryan, who's controversial but also a great character. Your two drivers are great characters and it's a very much an eclectic group, in fact, well, some have called it a band of misfits, but you rejoice in that those sorts of descriptions.
4: Yeah, I do. Even my GT team, going back all those years, we had an OCD that was so OCD that he put OCDS to shame, uh, and then he had his partner in crime, which you know, I, very hard to explain. And they were all there was always something, something different about every. If we hired someone normal, they were gone in two weeks. They couldn't, they couldn't handle the puzzle. And it's exactly what a team is. It's a puzzle, and you slot in pieces. And when they fit perfectly, you know. When they just don't fit in, you also know. And uh, the good thing is that we we don't judge a person by what they bring. We judge a person by what they do. And if they can't, if they tell me they can lift the tire, they can change a tire quickly during a, a pit stop. But they can't do it, then they're gone. And um, that's a good thing about motorsport. You can't, you can't lie your way in. You have to be able to do what, what you say you can do. And um, I would take a misfit over anyone else any day.
1: So you invest in difference. You also invest in youth, particularly among drivers. You have the Erebus Academy, and you, of course, took on two rookies in Brodie and Will. Are you going to keep investing in youth?
4: oh, yeah, look, that's the only way that they're going to come up. Otherwise, we're going to end up with a whole series of geriatrics. You know, you don't want that. You want the youth pumping through. You know, even if it means it's a four- or five-year stint with us and then they go on to something bigger and better. But hopefully we will be the bigger and better now. You know, there won't be anyone to jump. If they go overseas, then that is exactly what I would think they would do, which opens up another hole for someone else to come through. But you've got to be able to invest in them. You know the first two years. You know, they might get a podium here and there. But it's the third year that is important. The third year is when those, the nappies go, big boy pants on, and you've got to show me what you've got.
1: And of course, the team is helping Brody Gastecki with his NASCAR aspirations, and that, you know, who knows where that could end up. So, so you're not afraid of losing him.
4: Oh no, look, it was the same with Anton. I knew Anton was going, you know, there was discussions beforehand. Um, we are, I like to think Erebus is also a platform for, for drivers that they can come through, work, go through the, their V8 experience and know what they want at the end of it. If they want to go overseas, they go overseas. But if we can help them get there and say, you know what, he just, he just won the championship in NASCARs and I helped put him there, you know, this is what life's about. It's, a, it's about helping people. It's not always about me, me, me. Sometimes it's about them and helping them in a way that they would never have got there on their own.
1: And, of course, I guess the best protection against, you know, someone trying to poach your drivers is to get where you are now yeah. and further in that being a top team will be the attraction.
4: Exactly. And that's that's was, funny funny enough, that's what Barry said to me about two years ago, he said, we're taking on the rookies by the time they are the matured, we are gonna be at the top of the ladder. And it worked. <laughs> That's all I can say, it worked.
1: Well, Betty, as I said, great to see you back in the paddock. Hopefully we'll see you around a lot more this year. Do you think we will?
4: Yes, but not at the hot hotspots. Um, you'll see me in Sydney, uh, Bathurst, and uh, the end of the year, Adelaide. So there are definites. So anything else would just be a bonus.
1: Well, that's great. Thanks for your time. And, well, we look forward to seeing more success from Erebus Motorsport.
4: Well, thank you very much. I've enjoyed it.
1: Me too. Thanks, Betty.
3: And there we go. Great to have uh, Betty back at Supercars. We haven't seen her for a little while. So uh, really cool to see her come down and uh, watch her team win and watch the uh, the success that, uh, that, has, that has taken 10 years to – to get there but um certainly enjoying every moment of it at the moment okay that's uh, parked up of course we thank bob jane team arts for its ongoing support race fuels absolute legends if you're driving your race car anywhere and you're not putting race fuels in it then are you actually racing i, I don't think you are You'll hear from folks on Monday with some more Parked Up Plus uh, and uh, this podcast, of course, every Thursday. In the meantime, enjoy a week without any racing. There's certainly ones that we don't have to go to, but uh, get your fridge full and enjoy the uh, Indy 500, the Monaco Grand Prix, the Charlotte 600. There's plenty of motorsport on your telly to get you through. I'm Grant Rowley. See you next week. You've
0: just listened to another Network R production.